scroll down memory lane. Let's go. Good morning, guys. My name is Rob. This is Alter Universe Live, the series that covers the more silly and nerdy topics. Today, we are going back in time to discuss a couple things from our childhood. The first up here is a quick history of the Pez dispenser from the Pez company. Uh, Pez was invented in Vienna, Austria by Edward Haas III as an alternative to smoking. The name Pez comes from the German word for peppermint, Pfeffersmint. I can't pronounce that. Taking the P from the first letter, E from the middle, and the Z from the end. Pez. In 1952, Pez came to the United States. In 1973, Pez builds the first candy manufacturing facility in Orange, Connecticut in 2011. Pez opened, me, Pez opened the Pez Visitor Center. Um, and there you go. That is the very short history. So, all the way back in the 1920s, we have the uh, creation. Uh, 1930s and 40s, that's when the factory was built, but that one was built in Czechoslovakia to manufacture a larger scale. Um, in 1948, the compressed sugar tablets are sold in small pocket-sized tins until inventor Oscar Uxa patents a small mechanical box for dispensing the tablets. In 1949, the first dispenser is officially introduced at the Vienna Trade Fair. The original dispenser held the same number, 12, as it does today. 1950s, we get him over here, and in 1952, established in New York City, what's the first um, operational build building. All goods sold, however, are imported from Europe and distributed through North America. On December 2nd of the same year, Pez is awarded the first U.S. patent number for a dispenser. And 1956, Pez introduces the innovative dispenser called the Space Gun. 1957, Pez adds a three-dimensional character head at the top. The Halloween Witch becomes the first traditional character head dispenser in 1957, while Popeye adds to the variety as the first licensed in 1958. In the 60s, we got new dimensions with the dispensers. We got stickers and die cuts. Pez showcases some rare and unusual candy, such as licorice, flowers, and even chlorophyll. It's gross. Pez pals were introduced. The Pez boy is designed as a detective who dresses up in disguises to solve mysteries. With these various disguises, he becomes a policeman, a knight, a sheik, and a doctor, to name a few. These characters are shown in the Pez comics inserts that come with the package. 1970s, the U.S. grows to a point that in addition to distribution, the company begins to manufacture candy domestically. Pez breaks ground in a new warehouse uh, in Connecticut, as we mentioned earlier. In 1978, we start getting interchangeable rubber heads. In the 1980s, small tabs at the bottom of the dispenser base help it stand upright. This feature was introduced in the United States in 1987. These tabs are referred to as the feet in collector's terms and help determine the year and value of a vintage dispenser. 1990, collecting grows in popularity. Uh, the first ever Pez convention is held in Mentor, Ohio in 1991. Collectors from the U.S., Canada, Europe, and Japan make Pez an international phenomenon. In 1993, Forbes magazine features Pez on its cover, and the prestigious Christie's Auction House in New York holds the first ever pop culture auction featuring Pez. 
In the mid-90s, Pez reintroduces two popular products, Peppermint and the regular Pez Dispenser. The Tweety Bird Pez Dispenser was featured on an episode of Seinfeld as well. Coming to the 2000s, introduces Fuzzy Friends, the first plush dispenser. Remember those? Early 2000s brought General Mills Pez Dispensers and candy as premium giveaways with the purchase of selected cereals. In 2005, we get our Star Wars Pez Dispensers. And in 2006, Orange County Ch Chopper, the we get um, Pez Dispensers from the Orange County Choppers family, the Toodles. This is the first time that Pez features living people on its dispensers. In 07, we got the 80th anniversary with the launch of Disney's Mickey Mouse collectible tin. Lastly, 2010s, we get 2011, the Pez Visitor Center was opened. Pez continued to be enjoyed for generations of Americans. Today, billions of Pez candies are consumed annually in the U.S. alone. With great tasting candy flavors and collectible dispensers, it's more than just candy. It's, it's, a, it's a thing. Pez is the candy with character. Pez is enjoyable to eat, fun to collect, and the staple for American culture. Available around the world in more than 90 countries, Pez candy and the dispenser truly have universal appeal. And if you want to see more, you can check out their online store at Pez.com or any place you can buy your items. You're going to see how much this stuff is worth. I don't think Pez tastes very good. Maybe at this point anymore. However, I do appreciate the franchise, because you know me. Come on now. I'm sure they have Pokemon Pez dispensers. I'm going to look for that. But if you guys want to learn more, check out us.pez.com. That's us.pez.com. I'm going to throw that up in the chat really quick. And you'll be able to find much more info and some cool gear you can buy. So that is the quick history of Pez dispenser. I know I speak fast, but it still took me almost seven minutes to get through. It's a lot of info. So what was your favorite part about that? Did you like how it started or do you like where it's at now? Now, last up, what are things that we missed from the 80s and 90s? So growing up through the decades there, the big thing I miss is how things worked. For instance, if you wanted to watch your show or your movie, you had to be at home at that time in front of your TV or else you're not getting at it. However, as time went on, with things like DVR and TiVo, TiVo being the first one, I believe, you were able to record your shows. So let's say you had to watch that episode of Pokemon. You don't have to be home for it. You can set it, record it, and watch it later. Now as we go through, there's so many more things that make it way too easy, but at the same time, I get it. Something else I enjoyed was the actual franchise at the time. Restaurants, toys, movies, clothing. It was a bigger deal then. Today, everything has everything on it. You can get a t-shirt, a hat, a toy, a meal, and a video all in one space. Amazon, basically. Um, and while I do enjoy the ease of use and the fact that everything is there, it's beginning sometimes, not all of them, some of them, to lose their emphasis of what they used to be. Now, when you inundate things like DC and Marvel does, Star Wars, not as much. They've kind of, you know, they slowly do it. You get a lot of things that you like, 
but you don't have the time to actually appreciate. Case in point, Disney Plus Marvel shows so many at once that I don't even have time to start any because they just keep coming. Um, while there are a few, for instance, She-Hulk coming out because the Hulk family lineage is one of my favorite characters, there's a lot of things that aren't as interesting and special anymore. Back in the 90s, when you had the animated series and you had the movies, you really had to go and watch it if you wanted to see it. And that was like, oh my God, I had to be in line. I got to find this. It's cool. Now it's all given to you, which again, safety-wise, I love. Ease, I love. But I don't know. Does anybody else kind of feel the same way that it's kind of losing its momentum because there's so much stuff? And I'd say lastly, the appreciation of more variety uh, when I was younger. <laughs> Excuse me. As a kid, I did karate. Tried sports. It wasn't that good. Used to go hiking all the time. Used to find lakes and rivers to play at. Um, I even tried fishing once or twice. You lose appreciation as you go, mainly possibly because you might just not have the time to do it anymore as you get older. Which is why in a lot of my videos I say, grab a hobby, do something you used to do. Take five minutes. You don't have to get as in-depth as you used to, but enjoy yourself for a few. At home here, anytime we have a break, I try to get us to do something. Whether it's just walk around for a few minutes, maybe dance, uh, play a video game, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be strenuous. It doesn't have to be hard. But it's important to, re to remember the importance of it. And for me, it is very important to kind of separate the things between I do like the schedules that I have and the busyness, but when I but now I appreciate the downtime a little bit more because of that. Um, I would say food and I would say stuff like that, but really you can still get a lot of that stuff today. There are a few things that I miss, you know, those cereals as a kid or those snack packs you used to get that aren't made anymore. And those are kind of nostalgic because I still try to look and see if, oh, maybe somebody's reselling them. Maybe the company has, you know, a special going on. Maybe they're coming back. Who knows? But the sentiment, sentimentality, I think that's the word, of it is really what brings me back home. I like scouring YouTube or Google for pictures of things that I had for the toys or the foods, for the clothing. Maybe even the area I lived in. I love seeing how the areas might have changed since I was um, younger. So I would say the things that I miss are how things were done before they became what they are. We're going to end it here for today. Shorter video, I know. We got much more coming. If you haven't yet uh, clicked on uh, coming to watch, one of our newest videos for our new series, Mining Your Mental Health, is coming out today at 1230. Check it out. We'll be there. We'll say hello. Come comment. Give us a shout out. As always, we got so much more coming for you. Until then, have a wonderful, marvelous day. Good. Wonderful, marvelous day.